0: In our last episode, we continued to follow Mark Richards' closing argument as he reminded the jury of each of the witness testimonies that they heard during the trial. On today's installment, we pick up Richards' closing as he continues that process and arrives at the testimony of his own client, Kyle Rittenhouse. That's coming up right after the break.
1: Hold up.
0: As Rittenhouse attorney Mark Richards summarizes the contributions of each of the witnesses in the trial and displays slides of each individual on the court TV screens, he arrives at a prosecution witness whom he asserts has been particularly helpful to his client's case. Dr. Doug Kelly, forensic pathologist with the Milwaukee County Medical Examiner's Office. Dr. Kelly, personally, my favorite witness, His physical evidence
2: Doesn't lie. The soot, extremely close, if not touching. The location of the soot. I had him circle it on the exhibit. On redirect, after I had him do the demonstration and draw on the photograph, the straight tried to get him to back up his opinion, back it off. He wouldn't, because the physical evidence doesn't lie. It's, as they say in the business, an inconvenient truth. They can't change it. It is what it is.
0: In advancing his narrative of how the shooting of Joseph Rosenbaum happened and simultaneously dismissing the prosecution's version of that event, Richards presents images of his demonstration of the shooting from the trial. Mr. Bigger says he was swiping at the gun. Ladies and gentlemen, he didn't need to
2: chase him, didn't need to keep chasing him, didn't need to lunge at him, didn't need to swipe at the gun, i.e. grab the gun. And the shot to the back, as I said, four shots in three quarters of a second. He's backing up, trying to stay away from him, shooting, and shoots until the threat is immobilized. Ladies and gentlemen, other people in this community have shot somebody seven times and it's been found to be okay. And my client did it four times in three quarters of a second to protect his life from Mr. Rosenbaum. I'm sorry, but that's what happened. And this is the prosecutor who said he shot him in the back. He shot him in the back on a horizontal plane consistent with lunging. The shot goes in here and ended up in his lower hip across the back. If he's on the ground or down and shot, the bullet goes into the back and ends up in the stomach or on the other side. It cleared back here, ended up in the lower hip. That's because he was on a horizontal plane when Kyle shot him. The furthest he was away when the first shot was fired was four feet and closing.
0: Four feet. For emphasis, Richards then takes a tape measure and shows the jury four feet. What was
2: Joseph Rosenbaum doing? Was he running after my client to give him a key to the city of Kenosha? Was he running after my client to say, hey, thanks for providing security? Use your common sense and your judgment. Look at Mr. Rosenbaum's behavior throughout the night.
0: Showing crime scene photos to the jury, Richards returns to his argument that the state's own witness, Dr. Doug Kelly, corroborates the defense narrative of the shooting.
2: Remember Mr. Krause asking the doctor, well, what about that big puff of smoke? That wouldn't have an effect. Soot only goes so far. That was Dr. Kelly's testimony. He doesn't have a dog in the fight. He looks at the bodies, says what they are, makes the determination and looks at the evidence. We had an expert, didn't call him because Dr. Kelly told the truth, couldn't agree more. Ladies and gentlemen, facts and truth matter. In most trials, the case would have ended with Dr. Kelly. But we wanted to bring you Our side of the story, we had nothing to hide. We were going to put on a defense.
0: Richards takes aim once more at the prosecution's arguments and particularly those offered by Thomas Binger. I heard Mr. Binger say red herring. The red herrings in
2: this case are by the state, talking about super bullets, this metal jacket, I've been involved in homicide cases. One time it's a metal jacket. The next time the problem is the person had hollow points. Hollow points are designed to kill. Full metal jackets are to go through people. Ladies and gentlemen, bullets are bullets. Hate to tell you, at close range and close contact, they wreak havoc on a body and they kill people. No dispute. Wants to keep pointing at the militia, the militia, the militia. He knows Kyle's not a member of the militia. He has no evidence that he is. They went to the websites. They went to TikTok. They went all of that. All they can do is put up a little thing of a 17-year-old kid from his TikTok trying to be famous. Kyle shot Joseph Rosenbaum to stop a threat to his person, and I'm glad he shot him because if Joseph Rosenbaum had got that gun, I don't for a minute believe he wouldn't have used it against somebody else. He was irrational and crazy. Talked about active shooter, the power of those words. My client didn't shoot at anyone until he was chased and cornered.
0: Richards then resumes his slideshow parade of witnesses in the case. Nick Smith got a phone call from Sam, asked on the
2: second night of riding to go down there. They used the power washer and buckets to try and put out cars. He did that. Out of the goodness of his heart, Sam asked him to come and protect the next night and be paid, and he agreed to do it. He asked some of his friends to come with to help. Kyle, Dominic Black, talked about another father and a son, and then the people from West Bend showed up. He said that when they first saw Sam on the 25th, Sam gave him a hug and thanked him for protecting his property. He was on the roof when it was chemical bomb. He knew that Sam was grateful for their presence, but he also knew that people on the ground needed weapons. He heard Kyle when Kyle came back saying, I had to shoot body armor. I don't know why the Grays Lake Cadet Program gives people body armor. Don't know. My client had it, and if he wanted to be an active shooter, as Mr. Binger wants to portray him, why would he give up his body armor? Nick Smith wanted body armor. He goes, here, Nick, use mine. I'm going to be doing medical, helping other people. You see him do it throughout. He gave Nick his body armor. Why would somebody give up their body armor if they're going to go out looking for trouble, seeking confrontation? Doesn't make sense. Joanne Fielder, she described Joseph Rosenbaum wearing a red shirt with a green earring. She described yellow pants, who I'll get to later. She stated Joseph Rosenbaum yelled he was gonna kill us MFers and cut their hearts out. JR's arm goes up and within seconds, tearing up from a gas bomb she couldn't say for sure that she saw him throw it but obviously that's the circumstantial evidence in her belief she never saw Kyle act inappropriately with anybody point a weapon at anybody the size of the weapon might change but it doesn't change what it can do presence speaks volume it's a deterrent and they've been pelted all night long with rocks she was aware that they had consent to be where they are.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Rittenhouse attorney Mark Richards continues his survey of the witness testimony in the trial with one of the defense witnesses, photographer Nathan De Bruin. Nathan De
2: Bruin, interesting witness. He was out there taking photographs on the nights in question, more importantly the 25th, he filmed the destruction of this community uptown, downtown. And the ATF and the FBI found out about his videos, his still photography, which I think was incredible. They wanted it. And what did he do? Didn't ask for money, he gave it to them. He sat down with the detective and gave a full interview, showed him the photographs, talked about Mr. Rosenbaum and all the problems he was causing that night, the things he was doing. And that's within less than a month after this. He'd never met Kyle Rittenhouse didn't know Kyle Rittenhouse, but he had a feeling about what happened that night, and he said if there was trouble, Mr. Rosenbaum was there. I don't think any truer words have ever been repeated. Did he have a lawyer when he met with Detective Howard? No, he didn't. When did he get a lawyer? Remember, after he met with Mr. Krause and Mr. Binger. Mr. Binger, the person who's made it his personal goal of putting my client's head on his wall. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what it did. And it means he's been cutting corners. And Nathan DeBrun said, after meeting with Mr. Binger, I was very uncomfortable. He tried to put words in my mouth. And he had to go and hire a lawyer to protect him. First, it was show him the videos and then ask him the questions, trying to put words in his mouth. He didn't want that to happen. He wanted to be able to tell his story of what he knew, what he did. He talked about Zeminski, the photographs of all the conduct that Zeminski had done that night. And I'll show you some of them. The photos have a timestamp on them. He related to Detective Howard in September of 2020 about Joseph Rosenbaum yelling, I just got out of jail and I'm not afraid to go back. Those are his words that he heard Mr. Rosenbaum. It was not objected to by the state and there has been no proof that he wasn't in a jail. They want you to believe he was in a hospital. There's no medical records he was in a hospital. There's no medical records. He was properly medicated, and I submit to you that in this case, the way he was behaving, I don't think he was properly medicated. There's pictures of him with the trailer fires, the chains, starting numerous dumpster fires. I submit that he was with the Zaminskis on many of the occasions, and he was emboldened by Mr. Zaminsky because Ms. Mr. Zaminsky. Was always brandishing his firearm we saw joseph rosenbaum taking the chains he chose to come down and riot and that's what he did jacob marshall referred to himself as gage Grosquitz's best friend we brought mr groskowitz's best friend in as a witness because he had posted something on facebook immediately after this he testified he couldn't find Gage Grosswitz because he was under an anonymous name at the hospital. Nobody knew who Gage Grosswitz was, who Jacob Marshall was. But he takes it upon himself to post a Facebook message talking about how. Could I have the next slide, please. I just talk to Gage. To his only regret was not killing the kids and hesitating to pull the gun before emptying the entire mag on Coward, here's a picture of them hugging each other in the hospital. And this is posted. Ladies and gentlemen, why does somebody post something like that? Because that's what his friend told him. And he wanted to get Gage Groswitz's word out. He didn't repost and say, I lied. He took it down to try and hide it. But unfortunately, the internet has a memory. Next witness was Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse did not have to take the witness stand to tell his story. It was told through video. He wanted you as the jurors. To hear his personal experience of the night of the 25th he knew mr binger would cross-examine him for hours and he was willing to get up on that witness stand take the oath and tell his story the best way he could and he did could mr binger pick on him and find little things about it a little bit did he damage his credibility i don't think so Getting to Mr. Yellow Pants, which he's been talked about, Mr. Binger talks about, he says with sarcasm, ladies and gentlemen, you've seen the video, but remember that when Yellow Pants said to Kyle, he goes, you held your gun like this. That's low ready. That's not like this. It's down. He never pointed his gun at him. Did he have a gun? Yes. Did he tell him to get off a car? Yeah. But when he said it to Kyle, Kyle said, I did, and walked away, not wanting confrontation. And remember Richie McGinnis' testimony about that. There was the individual with the slingshot. There was the individual with two rocks in his hand. And the other individual with the gun. And when Mr. McGinnis walked up to him, he immediately had to put his hand down because they were the one advanced on him, and he bought him off with a white claw. My client, when this happened, was 17 years old. His actions are to be judged as a 17-year-old, not by Mr. Bigger's standards, but by that of a 17-year-old. And Mr. McGinnis said he didn't appreciate the way people looked at him, and maybe he didn't. And I think the best evidence of that is when Mr. Rosenbaum begins chasing him, you hear on the tape, he yells, friendly, 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 three times. He thinks that if he just says the magic words, they'll stop. They don't. They could have, Mr. Rosenbaum could have looked at it and said, hey, you're not trying to harm anybody. I'll leave you alone. Is that what happened? No. He said, you ain't going to do shit, mother effer, and began to continue to chase him. Mr. Rosenbaum made a fatal mistake. That day chasing Kyle Rittenhouse into the corner. He ran as far as he could, and he shot four times in three-quarters of a second. Mr. Binger makes so much of Kyle's residence. Antioch, Illinois, I think most people here know where it is. It's not a foreign country. Antioch, Illinois, right across the border. He worked in Kenosha. His dad lived in Kenosha. His grandmother lived in Kenosha. He worked in Pleasant Prairie. His best friend, Dominic Black, lived in downtown Kenosha. They want you to believe that there's some sinister thing about that. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a very mobile world. I'm from the foreign country of Racine, Wisconsin, 13 miles away, a little bit further. I'm on the north side. Ladies and gentlemen, When Kenosha burned, people who like Kenosha, they hurt. I remember 34 years ago, walking into this courtroom, first time I ever appeared as a lawyer, back in that conference room. And when I saw what happened in Kenosha, it bothered me. Those three days. People can protest, but people can't indiscriminately burn property for no reason of innocent people. How? Does that further anyone's cause? Kyle feels for this community. He worked as a lifeguard. When he came down here, are we to believe that he's working to clean up graffiti, not getting paid because he's here to look for trouble? Is this all some master plan? That's ridiculous. He came down here trying to help to see the damage, and that's what he did.
0: And with that, we conclude this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next installment as we conclude our coverage of the defense closing and begin our look at the prosecution's rebuttal.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.
0: You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Taracone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty. The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.